Although God called them to increase in the land, we find that they were to pray for the peace of the cities. There were challenges that sometimes went against the very word of God that caused the people to have to take stands that I'm standing on the side of faith. It may be that we would strive to stand on the side of faith in all situations. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Our study today, it comes from Jeremiah chapter 29. And it was a time when Jeremiah was writing to the captives who had been taken to Babylon. Their nation had fell, and Jerusalem had been destroyed by this time. And there were false prophets who were saying that God would soon deliver them and bring them from their captivity, yet Jeremiah had a different message for the people. They were living in days of uncertainty, days of the Babylonian captivity, And this is the passage that I would like us to focus on today because I believe that we too are living in days of uncertainty. And so to think about how we as believers in Jesus Christ should conduct ourselves in the days that we find ourselves in. So today we're looking at Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 1 through 14. I titled this passage, Living in Uncertain Times, and I broke it into three parts. We have the letter in verses 1 through 3, the counsel in verses 1 through 9, and the promise, verses 10 through 14. We ask, Father, that you would bless now the teaching of your word, that, Lord, we not only could understand the history of the children of Israel and what they had gone through, but, Lord, that it would give us courage for the day and age that we find ourselves in this day. We pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. They were also in verse 7 to pray and to seek peace. Verse 7, again, it reminds us, seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive to pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will find peace. All right, I'm smiling simply because today we have found that a lot of people are fleeing the cities that the Lord had planted them in especially if they're living in blue states like Illinois, like where we find ourselves, you know. I saw a cartoon drawing this morning of uh, somebody looking in their rearview mirror with Minnesota behind them. In Florida, here we come. 
The only problem that often happens is so many people will flee the bad states, they'll bring the same things that messed up their state down to the new state and mess them up. So as they say down in Florida and Texas, if you come, please, please don't do the same things that destroyed your own states. But for those of us who stay around, and sometimes it seems hard to stay, the Lord has called us to pray to the Lord for the peace of the city, saying, for in its peace, you will have peace. So let's take that locally. I live in Lake Villa. Our church is here in Lake Villa. Others live in the surrounding towns around us. And do we pray for our city, for the local governments? We can expand out a little further than that to the uh, government of Lake County or the state government, to the national government. Are we praying for the peace, knowing that in its peace, we will have peace? 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 15, the word of the Lord says, Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, or to governors, or to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of the foolish. So our leadership in the government are supposed to, they are, and we find that they're having a hard time doing this today, they are supposed to punish evildoers and praise those who are doing good. Next week, I'll have a new issue of the Calvary magazine out for everyone to read. And in that magazine, there is an issue, an article uh, talking about Michael McClure, who finds himself in Silicon Valley and San Diego area that uh, right now their church has over three million dollars in fines against them because they have chosen to stay open during all of last year with all the crazinesses that has gone on their pastor michael mcclure has over a hundred thousand dollars worth of fines against him personally and just a few weeks ago california osha um so the state OSHA sent OSHA to their church. They had even had prayer meetings where state workers came in to count the people coming to the prayer meeting to make sure that they were all wearing masks and it was properly socially distanced. And yet during that same time, when churches were closed in California, it was okay, the article would go on to say, for pet stores to be open because people are emotionally attached and they get emotional health from their pets. So pets are important, churches are not. So right now in our government, it seems that things are a little mixed up. I'm not saying that pets aren't important to you pet lovers. But I think churches are more important than the dog and cat or fish. I have fish at home right now currently. I could give up on my fish. I will not give up on this church. But our world is a little twisted, a little backwards. We live in a world where we know that great injustices are done in the name of government, and often the good people of the church are being harmed. Now think about this. This comes from an article from 2017, and it's only gotten worse. 
So reading from an article from 2017, the article was titled, Attacks on Christians in America Double in Three Years. Hostility toward religion in America has expanded dramatically, with florists targeted, bakers punished, nuns coerced, and even retail companies facing discrimination for their faith. Kelly Shackelford, the chief counsel of First Liberty, explained, Hostility to religion is rising like floodwaters, engulfing ordinary citizens. It is eroding the bedrock on which stand vital American institutions, which as government, education, the military, businesses, houses of worship, and charity. It has the potential to wash away the ground that supports our other rights, including freedom of speech, press, assembly, the government by consent of the people. The attacks are sweeping away small businesses, careers, and ministries. Now that was written in 2017, and we have seen not a doubling down, a tripling down, but a quadrupling of these things over the last few years. And yet we have other passages of Scripture that has been a challenge over the last two years, like Romans 13, 1 and 2, which says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. And so there are some in pulpits today saying we can't resist the authority that's set over us, the government over us. We can't meet. And a number of churches closed this Christmas again, saying Omicron is here. We can't meet again. And they closed their doors. Sadly, many times the people of our nation vote in ways, though, that support the downward spiral of our nation into depravity away from God. Again, we have Paul writing, 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 3, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Now, I agree that we should be praying for those. As Jeremiah stated to his people, pray for the city, pray for their peace to the Lord God, for in its peace, you will have peace. And I fear that we often neglect to pray for those who are ruling over us, praying for our president and the governors, uh, the leaders in our nation. We are to be submissive for the Lord's sake that it might bring glory to God. But I also might add that when a government turns against the commands of God, we, like the captives of Babylon and the apostles of the first century church, Acts 5.29, ought to obey God rather than man. So I was thinking about as Jeremiah sent this letter and saying, pray for the city and for its peace, Pray to the Lord for the city, for in its peace you will have peace. Well, this is the same area where 
we find that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would refuse the command of the king to bow down and pray to the king with the threat of being thrown in a fiery furnace. And also Daniel, when a decree went forth saying that you could only pray to the king, so for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was to bow down to the image that the king has set up for Daniel. It was to only for one month period. It was only for a month, only for two weeks. Just had to throw that one in there. It was only for a month. And Daniel could have decided what his plan of action would be. It was actually a trap set up to entrap Daniel. And the Bible tells us in Daniel 6.10 that he refused to stop praying, giving thanks to God, as was his custom since his early days. In fact, it tells us in the Bible that when he went home, he threw his windows open to pray towards Jerusalem, as was his custom. He didn't pray in hiding. He let the people see what he was doing. All four men were miraculously saved by God. And we need to have the attitude, though, of Daniel's friends who were thrown into the fiery furnace. There in Daniel 3, verses 16 through 18, the word of God tells us, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered the king and said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, if we are thrown into this fiery furnace, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. They took a stand when the law came down from the government that they found themselves in that opposed the word of God. They took a stand that sided with the word of God. We will not bow down to your image. I will not stop praying for one month. I will not pray to any other God. And God saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were cast in to the fiery furnace, but they came out of that furnace without even the smell of smoke. And when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, that he had them stoke it up seven times hotter than normal, he asked, did we not throw three into the furnace? Look, I see a fourth man, and he looks as if he is the Son of God. Jesus was there in the midst of the fiery furnace. And for Daniel cast into the, the lion's den, God shut the mouth of the lion all night. The king didn't want, King Darius at this time, did not want to see Daniel cast into that. He got, uh, he got took by the rulers. He signed a law that he couldn't get out of, even as the king. And he said to Daniel, I know your God can save you. And God did save Daniel. And for those who might think that the furnace really wasn't that hot, the men who went to cast them in, they were burned up just at the casting in. And for the lions, those who had entrapped Daniel, Darius had those men cast into the lion's den. And the word of God tells us before they even hit the floor, the lions were already tearing them apart. Although God called them to increase in the land, we find 
that they were to pray for the peace of the cities, there were challenges that sometimes went against the very word of God that caused the people to have to take stands that I'm standing on the side of faith. It may be that we would strive to stand on the side of faith in all situations. Verses 8 and 9, they were to watch and not be deceived. There was part of their prophets, their diviners, who were in their midst telling them that they were going to be released. And God said, do not listen to them. Do not listen to your dreams. For they prophesy falsely in my name. I have not sent them. They were to build houses. They were to plant gardens. They were to take wives that they might have sons and daughters, that they would have grandsons and granddaughters. They were going to be there for a while. But there were those who were prophesying a different scenario, telling the children of Israel that we would soon be released and return back to our homeland. And Jeremiah had a totally different message. He's like, no, you're going to be here a while. You're going to not only have children in this land, you're going to have grandchildren in this land. So be prepared to stick around. We also in the church have false prophets. Peter talked about this in 2 Peter 2, verses 1 and 2, saying, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. So even if a false prophet, a prophet has, could produce signs to validate their message, if the message contradicts the very word of God, it's not to be followed in our church age today. If we have things that come forth that contradict the word of God, we are, as the church, to follow what the Word says, not those who would contradict the Word of God. Within our churches today, we have churches who have presented false teachers. And they have a watering down of the message of the Word of God. And people follow them greatly because they like the twisting of Scripture. They like the watered-down gospel that is soft towards sin. And sadly, many do follow these false teachers whose messages cause the truth of God's word to be blasphemed. But we need to have discernment. And the only way that I know that we can have discernment is to make sure that we're in a church that teaches what the word of God says, but also as individuals that we are studying the word of God for ourselves, that we are learning the word of God, that we can discern between truth and false. Galatians 1, verses 7 through 9 tells us, But there are some who trouble you, want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what we have received, let him be accursed. Another gospel saying that there are many roads that lead to heaven. Teaching that all religions kind of make their way to eternal life in heaven. That Jesus is not the only way. These are all other gospels. And 
the Word of God said, let them be accursed. So we need to make sure that we have the truth of God's Word in our hearts. And by holding true to our faith and God's Word, we can find increase in our lives while praying for the peace of our cities and discerning between the false and the truth. You know, this whole message grew up in my mind, formulated this week from two things, maybe three. We are living in days of uncertainty, number one. Number two, uh, news is talking about the recession, and they're equating it to 40 years ago. 40 years ago, Lily and I were just starting out as husband and wife. So we lived through a very difficult time where I was out of work for a long period of time during that time. There were difficult days, but the Lord, here we are as husband and wife 43 years later. We have not only survived those hard days 40 years ago, but during that time, the Lord taught us a few lessons. He actually put calls upon our lives and had us taking steps of faith that would challenge us and stretch us and cause us to grow. We have increased. And so I'm remembering that we've been here once before. I know it's different now than it was 40 years ago, but there are some similarities. But also it was a prayer request that came to me. And this prayer request coming from a young person and I just felt for that person. As an older man, not an old man, but an older man, I have a great concern for the next generation of believers and the things that they might face. Perhaps that we would face even as well. And so I want this message to be an encouragement and Jeremiah tells his people that by holding true to faith, to God's word, that you will find increase in your life, that we should pray for the peace of our cities, that we should learn to discern between the false and truth. Today, we've seen a message entitled Living in Uncertain Times. We have learned that we should take the Lord's gifts that he has given us, that we should occupy or do business until he comes. Church, the Lord has not returned yet. If he had, we wouldn't be here. So we are to do business until he comes. Even if it's hard business to do, we are to do business until he comes. That we might faithfully fulfill God's call upon our own lives. Therefore, we are to hold true to our faith and to God's word that we might find increase for our lives while praying for the peace of our cities, while discerning between the false and the truth. We must daily call, pray, seek, and search God's will for our lives and for our nation. And I believe if we would take this thought into the coming new year, though it may be difficult, don't tell me it wasn't hard for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nobody's saying that there's a fiery furnace facing us, and maybe they are. Or for Daniel, who was cast into a lion's den. They lived in tough days. 
But they were called by this letter by Jeremiah to establish themselves where the Lord had planted them, to build houses, to plant gardens, to get married, to have children, to have grandchildren, that they would increase and not decrease. And Lord, let that be our prayer today. Lord, how we want to increase and not decrease as the people of God today. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for this church, as we enter our 30th year, may it be a year of increase for us. We thank you, Lord, for the provision that you have given us these past 29 years. And we do not truly know, Lord, what the future holds, but we are so thankful that you hold the future. And may we put our trust in your hands in a nation, Lord, that is so confused right now. May we hold on to your truths that you might guide us each day. And throughout this coming year, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Hey.